0: Hello and welcome back to the Move and Inspire podcast with me, Sophie Dear, where I chat to inspiring thinkers and leaders who will empower people like you and me to live a healthier and happier life. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Move and Inspire podcast. I am really thrilled today to be interviewing a great friend of mine, Phoebe Greenacre. She is a wonderful wellness entrepreneur, a business coach, a somatic therapist, and she is living in Bali. So we only met about a month ago, but we've been messaging on Instagram for about a year. Um, So hey, Phoebes. Hey Sophie thanks so much for having me and it's so weird I feel like we've known
1: each other for a very long time but we've only probably met up a handful of times so it's it's nice it's lovely to have you uh in my in my kind of friendship
0: circle now. Yeah it's so great I feel like um even though as you said we've only been friends for like a month and we've only um kind of connected a few times I really do feel like you're really special friend of mine out here and I think so much of that is because we share a lot of um, similar values and we've had similar paths in terms of changing our lives around and we're both wellness entrepreneurs so I think that connection uh, immediately you're just so drawn to that and um, yeah so I feel very very lucky that you finally moved out here so maybe you can share a little bit about like you, who you are, what you do, but also your journey of, like, how you got to Bali?
1: Sure. So, I mean, originally from Australia, Sydney, Australia, um, have been travelling the world for, I mean, since I, I moved to America when I was 18, so travelling has been a big part of my DNA. I wanted to do 30 countries before I was 30, and then once I hit 30, I was like, okay, went through a huge breakup, moved to London, um, and kind of restarted my, my next life chapter or my second life, which was exciting. And I feel like now I'm on my third life, which um, meant that after 10 years of corporate marketing in Australia, moved to London and then I started my, um, more of my entrepreneurial journey managing um, and building m- multiple businesses, which I now um, yeah, manage uh, on different spinning plates every single day. And then after seven years in London, um, I just had that yearning after being locked down in 2020 and during COVID, just had that yearning to be uh, a little bit more fluid um, and moving around again. So we actually had our bags packed to go to Bali. And when the borders shut in December, so just around Christmas time, um, we had sold everything we had owned. We had two suitcases packed with uh shorts and t-shirts and bikinis. So there wasn't really many options where we could go. And it was just on the off chance that our friend in Kenya rang us and and said, guys, just like, just come to Kenya. We're on the beach here, like it's super secluded. There's no COVID here. And so we booked a flight the next day um, and we ended up spending six months in Kenya. We originally thought we'd be there for a month or two, just waiting for Bali to reopen without a quarantine. And then six months later, we're like, okay, it's time to make our journey down under. Um, And yeah, did the quarantine in Jakarta and now finally here. And we arrived two weeks, um, which was amazing. We had a lot of running around and exploring. Like I've been here 10 times before for long periods of time, but my husband, it's his first time. So we had a fun two weeks and then went into another lockdown. So we're like yay, another lockdown, but I suppose my resiliency has just grown so much over this last 18 months that, you know, it's it's nothing that we haven't done before, so, and I can't complain being in a beautiful villa with food on demand,
0: sunny weather, you know, there's worse places you can be locked down in. Very true, I always think, like, our our quality of life out here is just, crazy in terms of the places where we get to live and how easy it is to be creative and um, uh, yeah and find time to do so many other things rather than just work like I think I, I think we spoke about this last week out of my friendship group I'm someone who works definitely the hardest and I'm actually working the least I've ever worked and you're someone at who obviously works hard you're definitely on on that level as well but there are so many people here who are still making a living still having a life of freedom but who are just not you know working so crazy hard they really get to choose their schedules and um something that I've decided to make sure I keep telling myself I keep saying to myself oh I'm so lucky I have this but remembering that I created this life I think that's really important like and I feel the same for you, you definitely put all the steps in place to create this life.
1: Yeah, I actually spent my 30th here in Bali and I had just gone through a breakup and I was sitting by the pool and just like dreaming of the day that I could live in Bali full time, be in love and with, be here with my husband and have kids and send them to you know a, a really interesting school here. And yeah, so I I had no idea how I was gonna make that happen. Um, You know, when you're brokenhearted, you literally rock bottom, you you really can't find any way out. So I went back to to Sydney and bought a one-way ticket to London. And it's been seven years in the making, this journey to Bali. And when I first met my now husband, he definitely was not on board with moving to Bali. And I don't even think I spoke about it, but I knew, deep, deep in my soul, I I was being drawn back here. Every year I would come back and do a yoga training or a therapy training or uh, meet friends for a holiday. And it just, it's my soul home. I feel so comfortable and so um, at home here. Um, But it's, yeah, it's been at least seven years in the making to make this a reality. Um, And I think people forget that people look at, you know, Instagram squares and Instagram stories and think that, oh, she did this overnight. But it's been a long time um, building, planning, manifesting, putting all your energy into what I wanted to attract, um, what this life wanted to look like for me.
0: I think something you touched on there is really interesting that I think a lot of people would um, resonate with in terms of finding that struggle. In terms of you saying that um, your husband wasn't on board to begin with. How did that change and how, yeah, how have you managed to end up both living in Bali? Obviously, he works a very different job to you. Um, How have you made that happen?
1: So I think 2020 was like a huge gift um, to me and to our relationship and to, you know, our perspective on what life should look like. I think when, when in times of uh, almost complete uncertainty the things that really stand out for you are the things that really matter and in those months um, continuous months where we were locked down nature was calling me nature and 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 food and fresh food and that was all that mattered we, you know every day it was all about the food we were eating um, being in nature, at least once a day, even if it was freezing cold, walking along the Thames um, and 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 each other and family. So when you strip away everything else, you know, living in London, you know, living this like fast lifestyle. And once you stop spending money, you realize, you know, not going out and buying um you know clothes and all those things when you when you spend a year in your pajamas and activewear you're not buying all these these things you actually realize i don't need a lot to be happy i need good food i need nature and i need to be with my husband and my you know my friends and so we kind of realized after a year of working at home we can actually do this anywhere um, this is possible and so, when you take away the huge amount of rent or mortgage payments for for living in London, you and when you realize you don't spend a lot when you just need food and you know, and it, it, you, there's not a lot in you need to be happy. We just thought we could do we can do this in different places in the world, and so it was a slow kind of pulling uh you know enticing him because he had never been to bali before as well so he actually trusted me to pack up our entire lives and move to bali Um, so he trusted me completely and we had a a plan that we would then go to costa rica maybe after five years time so i then had that plan to trust him because i'd never been there before so there was that mutual respect For each other's and also having the same values and the same, um, you know, goals for life. And we both knew that Costa Rica and Bali would bring us that. So that's how we slowly entered into the idea of moving to Bali.
0: That's super interesting. And I think um, exactly what you said about having, again, having the same similar similar values is so important. I think you can be very, very different people. Um, but having similar values is just going to be so helpful to create that life of um, ease and living in alignment to, to both of your values. Um, so just rewinding back a little bit to go back to your kind of rock bottom or we can call it your Saturn returns Mm -hmm. um what are the main things you felt during that time like can you share some moments of real um difficulty um and then also what were the biggest things you learned from Mm. that time
1: yeah so I, le- I leapt into my Saturn return with excitement and uh, energy and enthusiasm. I quit my full-time job and the boyfriend that I was living with at the time, um, I was living with him. So I had like a, not a backup plan, but I didn't have to, I wasn't pressured to make my business a success from day one. So that was all good and well, we're like, okay, I'm gonna go and take a really big holiday because it's the first time I've never not had a job. In 29 years, I've been working since I was 13. Always had jobs, always had side hustles. So we went on this big, elaborate holiday, spent a lot of money, and then came back, and he broke up with me. So I had no money, nowhere to live, um, had had no business. You know, business wasn't even off the ground yet, and completely broken hearted. Um, And at 29, when you think this is the person you're going to marry, everything, like everything was pulled out of me. And I talk about like having pillars in your life. And when the love pillar and the life, like where you live pillar and the business pillar or the, the job pillar, they all go down. There's nothing really left for you to stand on. You know, normally you go through a breakup, but you have your job. Or you you go through you lose your job, but you have your 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 boyfriend or partner, or you have your house. But when all three are completely annihilated, you are faced with your most dark darkest moments, and be like, where do you want to build from here? And for weeks, months, I would say there was it was hard to even get up off, you know, my sister's couch that I was living on. And you really have to look inside and be like, okay, you have an opportunity to start from scratch, um, and you also have the opportunity to run back to a full time job, which was everyone's advice. Just go back and get a full time job. Just go back to the, you know the, the rat race. And it had taken 29 years for me to build up the courage, and also to be more like awakened in my own body, knowing that that wasn't for me anymore, and. And it was scary to not have that; those, you know, safety pillars to not have anything to be, you know, walking places so you didn't spend money on, uh, you know, on buying petrol and those type of things. You know, just and and at thirty. Um, was a real hit to the ego because society tells us that we have to have it all sorted by 30. Like you need to be married with kids and a house and this and that, and I had nothing. I had literally my body and um, my, I suppose, hope for the future. Hope that I could come out of this and crawl out of this black, black hole that I was in. And it was a, I suppose, like the dark soul of the night people call it like it was one of those moments it's like this this is it like you can either um create your new destiny from scratch and not people get a lot of time or opportunity to start over from scratch whether you chose to or not and so i really was like i am this was not my plan and i am going to do whatever it takes to rebuild myself stronger faster better you know, and, and almost have that wasn't it not so much a revenge, like I'm going to get out of this kind of thing, but really like you, you have the opportunity to rebuild now. And it's like, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to play the victim? Oh, this happened to me. I'm so, you know, this is really horrible. I'm, you know, he doesn't love me, all that kind of stuff. Definitely. Those things go through your head. We're normal. We're humans. But um, it was the time where I had to have a really good look at myself and be like, "What actually matters?" Uh, similar to like the you know COVID experience, like what actually matters to you? And it was my health, it was my happiness, and it was how my energy was affected by who I worked with and uh, the people that I surrounded myself with. And so I suppose the biggest things that I learned was you know coming back to your values, like. What are your values? What do you stand for now? Now that you're, you don't have this job to create your identity, you don't have this boyfriend to create who you are, and you don't, you don't have anything to create your identity except for you. So it was almost like a rebirth um, and for, for a magnifying glass to be put on your life to look at like what is serving you, what is not serving you, and what are you going to do to continue to he- heal it was a big healing journey and therapy and um, I, I was, I've was i always practiced yoga. So yoga was a huge part of my healing journey. I, that's all I could manage to do every day was just like sometimes just get onto the mat and cry. Um, but at least that magic mat, um, yoga mat was a space for me to just be and for me to unravel. And I really started going down deeper into my um, spiritual journey um, because when you do face those those thoughts and those that break that, that rock bottom, you start to look real deep inside of you. Um, And I'm so thankful that I went through that because now reflecting on it, I could have gotten myself into a journey or a path, which wasn't destined for me. So even though it broke me into a thousand pieces, I like that quote or saying that says I was just lots of different pieces of um, broken disco ball. And I just had to re-put myself back together um, to be sparkly again. And that was the journey that I
0: embarked on. Oh, that's so beautiful. I feel like um, uh, it just reminds me, I think it's Mark Groves who says, like, "Don't, don't deprive anyone of their rock bottom. And it's so true. Everyone who I talk to, because most of my guests have had some kind of big moment where they've really struggled and then it's created or allowed them to create a much more fulfilling beautiful meaningful purposeful life um i want to ask you about your somatic therapy is that was it around this time that you got into your somatic therapy and would you also be able to explain a little bit about somatic therapy because i don't actually know a huge huge amount about it
1: sure so after the breakup, I spent about another nine months in, in Bondi and kind of reestablished myself, got clients and that kind of thing. But I just deep down, I needed an escape or a redo, a start over and buying a one way ticket to London felt like a good, a good plan for me. And it was actually when I first landed in London, it, I knew I was going to be there, based there for two years. And it was the, the only time in my life, really, that I was going to be based somewhere for a long period of time. So I enrolled in my first yoga teacher training. And that was the start of the journey into somatic therapy, because I then continued to do a, an advanced um, 300 hours after my first 200 hours of um, Embodied Flow, the School of Embodied Flow. And that included um, psychology, somatics, um, uh, and, and, and diving more deep into the, the philosophy um, and, and psychology of body-mind connection rather than another set of an, a, asana. So when I, when I dive deeper into my advanced level, I didn't want to do another set like another like a rocket yoga or you know getting you another set of rules. I was like, I don't want any more rules. I want to break open what I already have. And I wanted to go deeper into the mind-body connection. And so it was a teacher on this training, Dr. Scott Lyons, who um, was a psychologist and a humanistic psychologist and had studied the body mind connection. He was a body mind practitioner. And so so, somatic therapy, soma, is the Greek word for the living body. And so rather than focusing on the mind, which is mostly around um, traditional psychology, you think about the thoughts and CBT and all that kind of thing and how to replace them and how to be more aware of your thoughts, um, the body-mind connection in somatic therapy is Knowing where the thought, like seeing where the thought is or the emotion, and then rather than staying in the head, drop down into the body. So uh, an example is like, I might ask a client, like, so you're feeling anxious today. Let's talk about why you feel anxious, first of all. And then after it's like, now let me cl- let, let's close our eyes and let's drop into where the anxiety is in your body, if that feels okay. And often or not, you know, it might be around the chest, it might be in the stomach. There is always a body uh, sensation that matches an emotion. So I feel sad. Where do you feel? Like, I feel heavy here. What color is it? The texture. And you can start to dive deeper into the body, into the soma, um, into the living body, because every trauma, memory, thought, feeling, experience is, is, is memorized in the body. We hold on to it in the body. It's like this map, a blueprint of our life experience. And when f- people feel at uh, dis-ease or discomfort from emotional trauma, from a breakup, from you know different things in their lives, it, it comes back to the body. Yes, you, you can be thinking these thoughts, but it's actually stored in the body. And so we work in somatic therapy to uncover what's underneath the anxiety. Because the anxiety is the top surface level. It's when you dive deeper, sometimes I can uncover with the client that underneath there might be uh, frustration and anger. And then we dive deeper into why that might be there. And then continuing, depending on how far we can go, because it can be a very emotional experience to relive all of these um, feelings. Sometimes we get right down to the bottom and we've gone through layers of layers and layers and layers of sensations and right at the bottom we find there is loneliness. And people a lot of people living in big cities at the bottom of their like top level anxiety is just feeling alone and feeling like they're not being heard. And they're not being seen and they don't really feel like they have connection like a real deep connection with people and so when you go to a psychologist you stay very much in the head and you never really uncover that and my personal experience with traditional psychology is that you keep repeating the same thing and it just never sat well with me I never got anywhere I was like why are we talking about the same story over again and I wouldn't leave feeling more frustrated than I went in. Um, and I, I, so I went on a journey myself to, uh, to uncovering um, the body and the magic of the body and the wisdom of the body. We hold everything in the body. And it, I had somatic therapy sessions myself personally for my own healing. And I was like, stop the clock. Like this, this is it. This is what I want to help people with. Uh, because it was so transformational for me. Um, and so I felt so light after a session. And it was like just acknowledging that what i what I been through or what you know a client has been through is sometimes the first the first step for healing. And then acknowledging and also accepting that it's just a part of you. Sometimes sadness can feel like it's all, all consuming and it takes over your whole body. And so we like to kind of um, like con- condense it down into small particles and just, you know, say if sadness is like a taking over your whole body, I invite the client to say, maybe we just take a small part of the sadness and if it's okay, we just hold the small part of the sadness today in our bodies rather than looking at like the, over, the, the, the overarching sadness. And then bit by bit, we start to expand our capacity to hold space for our emotions bit by bit you know weeks go on more we start to hold a maybe a handful of sadness maybe two handfuls and it starts to feel okay to hold that in our hands and then as time goes on you build that resiliency and you learn these tools and these healing codes to deal with whatever comes across your way frustration anger jealousy And rather than, you know, I'm sure everyone at home has filled a rush of emotions come over, whether it's like anger or overwhelm or sadness. Um, That rush, that wave can sometimes hit us in the face and we're like, whoa, like you, you react straight away. So breaking down emotions to its smallest kind of DNA granular size helps us to slowly build resilience to hold more when the shit hits the fan Um, because that's when you know we need to bring out all of our swords and our tools and our armor it's when the when the shit hits the fan um so that we don't feel like the emotions control us that we can um control our emotions or hold space for the emotions and doesn't feel too overwhelming does that make sense
0: yeah, you explain that amazingly and there's so many things that um I'm thinking about. One thing um I'd love to understand when you say like the the armor, like what I think about when a difficult um situation comes up or a different difficult feeling comes up. Something that I've really learned is to not try to fix it and not try to put put up that armor, but actually just welcome it and really feel into it even though it can be so painful yeah but it's that thing of what we resist persists and avoiding these feelings don't help but actually I can so see how being in a really safe space with someone like you Um, and exploring those feelings could be so helpful especially for what I think can be really really complicated is like our deepest insecurities and our deepest triggers like where do they come from because as you say they can start as like anger but actually it's loneliness or Mm. yeah so um, any insight on like yeah triggers and feeling those triggers and what to do maybe as a start, um, if, if someone has never experienced somatic therapy, what could people do is like simple techniques?
1: Yeah, sure. So the biggest thing like with triggers is becoming aware of them. Right. And we could go through lives like, um, and relationships are such a big trigger for people, you know, because relationships normally the other person triggers you and can point out all of your buttons. Right. So it's, first of all, it's acknowledging that okay, this is triggering me rather than denying it. Right. When someone like pushes your mind, you're like, "Mm," like that, that hurts because the truth hurts. Right. So it's, it's almost like, how can you be a more expanded person or the bigger person to be like, yes, I see what you're doing there. That is a sore spot for me. And I'm still trying to work through why, you know, um, and that, and it's like you're not saying I have all the answers, and you're saying, and you're not saying that you know you're denying it because that's also it's just a defense mechanism when the truth hurts. You're like, that's not true, <laughs> don't say that. Um, being like, yeah, that's 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 a really sore spot for me. So I, you know, I, I need to. That's something I need to explore and understand myself. And that takes those words. That takes a lot of energy and a lot of growth to be able to even just step to that next stage of saying, I, I understand, like I've, I've pinpointed that that's a sore spot for me. And that's something I need to like discover and and go deeper into myself, whether it's through journaling, whether it's through talking through with someone, whether it's seeing a therapist, um, or any type of healing that you want to do. And the biggest thing is, is just practice you know, practice, even just saying that in in a conversation, that the next time a conversation comes up and that you're triggered again, it's becoming more aware quicker. You're like, oh, there's that thing again where I feel, you know, it might be just a deep insecurity um, that, that comes up. And so that's, it's almost like a message from your body saying, knock, knock, you need to look at this. This is something that's Um, impairing your ability to be in it be you and be in your body and be in this relationship and and you know it can feel awkward and it can feel uncomfortable but growth happens through uncomfortability like it's it's not like people that have gone down a healing path it's not all chakras and crystals and lovely yin classes it is the tough stuff it is you know, it is the painful stuff. It is the tears and the 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 pain that you didn't even know you were carrying. Um, it's unpacking your darkest, deepest secrets and insecurities, and it's it's the hard work. Like, and so I, I, I applaud anyone that even wants, thinks about wanting to dive deeper into their healing because. On the other side, once you do get, once you do see a bit of light to the other side, you're like, "Wow, this feels so much lighter to have, you know, talked through, worked through, um, and just be more aware of yourself." Like at the end of the day, when we're more aware of ourselves, we can be feel more comfortable just in our in our weirdness and more comfortable in our insecurities and you know it's not like you're ever gonna get be rid of every insecure insecurity that you have but it's been like yeah that's an insecurity for me I'm still working on that you know um and completely forgot your question but I've gone on a little ramble
0: so no that's perfect I think um a key thing takeaway from that for me is like being um, taking responsibility like we tend to put uh, especially if we're in that victimhood mode we tend to put um, our problems or blame our problems on other people or like why is the universe doing this to me or you're making me feel like this and that was definitely something that I had to work on for my triggers I really thought it was other people making me feel a certain way and then I realized, oh, no, I need to look at myself and I need to work on this. And that's not to say that that person can't help you. Like one of the, the best things I did in therapy was and my therapist actually she said, I really, really want you to go and do this. But people who are telling you you are too sensitive, ask them not to talk to you like that but explain it in a way that it's your trigger and that you need their help like you're effectively just asking them for help so you can Mm -hmm. be like this this teamwork especially as you say our triggers our, our deepest triggers often come from our partner and the people we are closest to so holding your hands up and saying look i am taking responsibility for the for my triggers and I'm trying to work them out but I just I do need your help and I would really love it if we could find a different way to communicate I think that's really important
1: communication is key because being sensitive is a gift and like people have always said oh you're so emotional you're so this and I'm like well I have an emotional uh, an open emotional center in my human design and that is why I find it you know I have so much compassion and empathy for people when I'm holding space for them is because that's, you know, an open center in me. And if I didn't have that em- emotional uh, fluidity or capacity for my own emotions, then I wouldn't be able to hold everyone else's as well. So it's almost understanding what your power is as well. Yeah. Um, and, and that only comes through, you know, healing all your stuff so that then you understand, well, yes, my sensitivity is actually my superpower. And now I know that I'm sensitive, I, I'm going to put other boundaries around and have different communication, different language to protect it rather than being like, oh, ah, and crying and running away because, you know, we've all been there. <laughs> it's the easiest yeah, and, to run away.
0: And we have the ability to choose who we are spend our time with so it's not to say that someone is being is like a bad person if they trigger you in a certain way but you can also choose that maybe you don't spend time with those people because it's not helping your growth or um they are not they're not adhering to your boundaries when you ask them not to talk about your sensitivity or whatever it is so embracing that we are all different and not comparing and yeah choosing I think we're we've talked about that before really choosing who we spend our one-on-one time with Mm -hmm. um is really important super important
1: I am like a sponge with energy so if people I hang out with steal my energy or drain my energy like I leave them like oh I can't hang out with that person again like that was a lot And it's, it's again, just being aware of how you feel after um, hanging out with people, spending time online, everything. It's just that heightened awareness helps you to lead on your pathway to who you spend time with, how you spend your time, um, so that you feel better and good more of the time.
0: Okay, so going back even further, something that you... She amazingly shared with me when we were first chatting, when you first got here, our first coffee together, I remember it well, we could have chatted for hours, um, about um, your one of your previous relationships and getting pregnant. Would you be mm-hmm. able to share your yeah. story around this?
1: Yeah, so that was the, 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 the rock bottom relationship that I was sharing about what, what happened at 29 the first, the first year of the relationship, um, he was always saying, you're too emotional. I can't be this person that you want, blah, 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 blah. Broke up with me. And then the next day I found out I was pregnant after a year. So I think I was 28. And it's just not the space you want to be in. And of course he was really great with like, you know you can do whatever you want you can keep the baby you can whatever you know but that was definitely I would never want to bring a child into this world for me being hurt by someone and then having to be reminded by of them my, the rest of my life so um yeah i decided to have an abortion and that was very much against my um my parents wishes and my the upbringing the strict christian upbringing that i had been in but I was not about to bring another life into the world being a broken person and being, you know, not in the space where I wanted to grow and, you know, give all my energy to some, to another human being at that time. So it's actually a month later, the guy comes back and was like, I want to be with you again. Like watching you go through that. I saw so much strength and maturity and all this kind of stuff. And I was a fool and I went back, but there was boundaries I put up and also prerequisites I put up. I was like, if you want to get back together, you have to go to therapy and, and talk about like your, you know, commitment issues and why you just, you know, ran off and didn't want to be with me. But then now a later you do after you've seen what I've gone through and he agreed to it. We also went to couples therapy and, um, he was very much like, let's just go back to the beginning and start to date again. And I was like, I'm twenty eight, I don't need to date again. Like we have been together for a year, we have travelled together, you know, this is it's a grown up relationship, you know. I've had to go through an abortion and now you want to be be together again. It's like so that was the the almost why the second time he broke up with me hurt so much even more is because that I had trusted him again. I gave him that second chance. And that is, you know, I'm i I'm a quite a strong character and like, I don't like to be fooled. And it was almost like he, he fooled me twice. And I was just like, how could I be so stupid to be fooled again? After going through that, after he's seeing me like, you know, completely broken into pieces once. And then after a year back together again, he does it again. So I think that's why when the second time it happened, and also I had no job and just quit my job, that kind of thing, that it really smashed me into a, a, a version of me that I'd never seen before. So um, so yeah, that was a pretty, I think that's why the, you know, leading up to, you know, the second time was, I was just like, I, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I don't want to be doing this. Like this is, why is this happening to me? Like, why am I, like, why did I trust him? Why did I go back the second time? All of the, like, questioning my myself, like, my, um, my, almost like my judgment. Like, how could you have, like, why didn't you see through his facade or see through his, you know, lack of being honest? Um, and, yeah, waited for that moment of complete vulnerability to break up with me again. But... I suppose I could have gone two ways. I could have like hated men for the rest of my life um, or chose to forgive and um, be smarter the next time around and lay things out on the table when I met the next person I dated. And that definitely happened. And it was the reason why my, current, uh, my husband is why we broke up three years into our relationship um, because I laid it all out on the table when we first met This is what's just happened to me. This is a very, you know, this is a very uh, deep experience. And I'm looking this next, you know, the next person I date is is, going to be serious. And so I laid that all out on the table. I'm I'm looking for marriage. I'm looking for kids. I'm looking for this grown-up relationship. I don't need this, you know, young 20s dating thing anymore. And so after two years together, I kind of gave him a year's warning. I was like, okay, it's been two years, you know, you know, you know, I'm turning 33, um, it, you know, I'm, you know, I want to move on with my life. Like let's in a year's time, let's like buy a house together. Let's get engaged or, you know, have a baby, something like, let's do the next step. And then year three comes around and it just so happens that I'm in Bali doing a, a, a mind training for embodied flow. So it's all about learning about the mind and emotions And I was there and I just realized I had this light bulb moment. I think I picked up a journal from the year before to bring on the trip to use as like my notes. And I read a diary entry saying like, it was like saying how unhappy I was that, you know, all of these things I was writing down. And I was like, how, how are you being fooled again? Like, why are you still here? Like, you've been here, you've been hurt before. Why are you in this relationship that's not serving you? So I flew back to London and broke up with him and was the, one of the most empowering things I've done as an adult because as soon as I walked out of there, yes, it was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do when you're breaking someone's heart that you love. Um, and it wasn't like we fell out of love. We just, we weren't on the same trajectory anymore. Um, we weren't, we weren't seeing eye to eye on so many things. And so leaving that relationship and going back to being a single person and, um, moving across to the other side of London and starting over again at 34, all my friends and family were like, this is the wrong thing to do. You know, you should be having children. Like, why are you breaking up with him? He's a good guy. I was like, he is a good guy, but we're just not on the same page anymore. And it's bringing my energy down, being aware of how I am around him. I was feeling suppressed and uh, feeling like I couldn't be the loudest, wildest the weirdest version of myself um, and I was almost dimming my light to fit in and to be the person that you know that he was happy with or okay with and as soon as I let go of those leashes that cage I just was able to grow and expand into the weirdest version of myself so far and that felt amazing it was almost like a jack-in-the-box I had popped out and was able to just be the the most uh yeah expanded expression of myself and that kind of continued on for six months we went our separate ways we didn't talk we didn't nothing I actually rang him at one stage to say I'm dating someone else I just want to let you know so you don't see on social media and that was a hard conversation to have as well because the the conversation didn't go down as I thought I you know I thought I was being polite and that kind of thing there was a lot of anger and that come that was thrown back at me but you know we we all deal in different ways and then six months later after our like breakup we ran into each other um you know we used to live Shoreditch way and then this was in Fulham way that we ended up running into each other on the train station completely by accident completely by just you know destiny fate whatever and yeah we ran into each other and he'd gone on this um we got chatting and he'd gone on this uh a journey in Costa Rica, a silence retreat, and had kind of dealt or, you know, met a lot of his um his demons or a lot of his things that were maybe holding him back that he hadn't looked at before. And I could tell that his spirit had shifted. There was a, an openness which I had never um had never been seen or had never, you know, was introduced to and it was a, it was really refreshing to be open about things and to have an open um, conversation about many things. And I could, I could just sense this in his energy. And when we first ran into each other, we didn't think that we would be getting back together. It wasn't like a, Oh, I love you. Let's get back together. It was more of a, this is interesting that we're meeting. And we kind of ended up having friends in town and meeting up through mutual kind of things. Um, and then literally six months later, he proposed, um, in Prague on Christmas day. And, yeah. There was, there was times where it was like, let's move back in together. Let's do all this. And I knew I had learned my lesson. I was like, no, we're not moving back in together. I'm not getting, um, you know, going back into the same patterns. This is, you know, I know my self worth now and I am happy being living by myself. I'm happy my, with my job, happy with all these things. I don't need you to fill up my cup. I don't need you, but I want you. And if we, consciously want each other and, and consciously want to come together, then that will be through marriage whenever that happens. But there was no going back into, you know, cause people get comfortable, you get moved back in and then it's all like, they don't need to do anything. They've got you kind of thing. So, um, I stood my ground on that and then, yeah, that was the next chapter of our, um, consciously coming together
0: as a couple in in the space of marriage such an amazing story of having the courage to choose yourself and it's so hard and I think I've been through a bit of a journey with that over the last 18 months so thank you so much for sharing that um and I think what uh What's so beautiful about something that you offer, which I actually want to talk about now, which is your business coaching, is that you're not just helping people. I mean, I'll get you to explain it in a second, but you're not just trying to get people to build a brand new business. You are really trying to get people to choose themselves. So can you talk a little bit about um, what you offer in your business coaching, but also what are the three main things or a couple of the main things that you believe hold people back from creating the life the business um the lifestyle that that they they truly want to live
1: completely so i think the first thing that holds people back which they don't even realize is themselves like you are holding yourself back from you know choosing this this and this whatever that direction looks like whatever that leaving the job, all of those things. I think that's like the deepest root is like you you're your own worst enemy in holding yourself back. But the biggest thing is the the programming that we've received growing up. You know, uh, as a woman, this is my experience, but you need to get married, you need to have a, a you know, a, a a good job, you need to be safe, you need to buy a house, you need to be put roots down and that's what will give you safety. But all of those things for me, it's like cages, like a cage upon a cage upon a cage. And it takes so long to one, find the key to open those cages, but then two, to like suddenly, slowly take them off layer by layer to break away from that programming of what society thinks you should do, of what your parents think is the the safe thing to do, the proper thing to do. And, and and breaking away from that mold that we're all supposed to be these cookie cutter. We're all supposed to be the same, and that is the biggest thing that I like. A have tried have, have got out of myself, but also um, helped other women to be released from those chains or those shackles that you know uh, it, that hold them back from choosing what they really want in their life. Like so many people were telling me at thirty. Why are you leaving and moving to London at 30? That You do that in your 20s. You don't do that in your 30s. You're supposed to be being serious now. And the biggest trap is... To never be serious is to continue connecting with your inner child and what does she want? What does he want? You know, and following that, like, because otherwise you end up being so focused on the goals of like the house or the job or the marriage and you get them all. And I have a lot of friends that have them all and they're still unfulfilled. And they still need to buy things and and to you know pile up on the material sides of things because they're in these cages that 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 control them and keep them small. Um, but yeah, so that would be the biggest one is like programming and what society thinks, what your parents think, and then right at the bottom is what is stopping you is yourself because you have the choice to choose. All of these things in your life, and whether they are an easy choice or a hard choice, that depends on your situation and and, you know what's being laid out for you. But I am a big believer that we all get dealt a deck of cards, you know, a hand of cards, and sometimes it's a really shit hand, and other times it's a better hand, and it's up to you to learn the game, to learn how to play the cards, and play the best game that you can with the cards that you've been dealt. And there's a, there's a really cool book, which I'm reading at the moment, called The Choice by Dr. Edith Edgar. And she is a, a Holocaust survivor. She's like 93, I think. And she says, you have the choice to release yourself from the prison you've put yourself in. And the thoughts, the programming, all of those things that keep us in these prisons, keep us small... We have the choice. We have the key and we just need to, A, figure out that we've got it in our hand. Be like, oh, it's in our hand and also have the courage to go and open those gates and to live a life that is different, that is wild, that is, you know, different from your parents or different from your friends. And it's, it's hard because people look at you and say, why are you doing that? Like, why are you outside? Why, why, why did you do something different? Because it's different, people often feel scared and they feel fearful for themselves. They're like, "What? Why are you taking this different pathway?" And it's nothing to reflect on ourselves. It's actually to do all to do with their journey because it's, you know, their insecurities. Like, why would you do that? That's so scary. But when you learn to let go of all of those programming and conditioning and what society thinks, I give a big. Middle finger up to them, up to those programming because that's going to keep you exactly where you are, that's going to keep you in that job, in that relationship, in that city, in that country. And when you want to be brave and face the fear and do it anyway, that's
0: when life starts to get interesting. Yeah, and um, firstly, that book is incredible, the choice um i will link it in the show notes but secondly you offer a 10-week program to help um entrepreneurs um, or people who want to be an entrepreneur um, yeah. go through this journey um so yeah. i really thoroughly like recommend anyone and everyone to sign up to it if um if this is sounding like something that they want to do with their lives Yeah. It's
1: a equal parts uh, strategy. So there's 10 weeks of building a business from scratch, but mostly focusing on building the online part as well so that you can have freedom, flexibility, and fulfillment in your life. But we also go through a seven steps uh, chakra healing journey through the chakras. So when we're looking at the root chakra and looking at stability, uh, uh, safety, and grounding, we're looking at the building blocks of like setting up your business, setting up the fundamental pillars kind of thing. And the next step, we go into the sacral chakra and more about relationships and uh, your creativity and those type of things in that area and, and what your relationship is with money and all those type of things. So money mindset, and then looking at like how to manage your money in your business. And all those type of things. So it's like a seven-step journey to uncovering childhood trauma, uncovering, you know, mindsets that are holding you back, society holding you back, all of those things, as well as building the business. So it's a really deep dive journey, which is exciting. But if there's not if there's, business is not something you want to build, I also am offering a, um, an, a deep dive into your emotions, which I think right now is such a, oh, everyone's struggling, I feel, personally. There's a lot of struggle going on in the world with all this uncertainty. So I have a seven-part um, uh, emotion deep dive into somatic therapy to teaching you the healing tools and the codes. Um, so, that you can uncover and have all of those tools in your pockets to help you better understand yourself, your emotions, how the body works, and also managing emotions in relationship um, so that you feel more empowered and you have more like self respect, self worth to then have the power to, to make those decisions. Because it takes strength to make those hard decisions, and I feel that when we work on the emotional side of the body it helps us to build that
0: strength and that resiliency and that's coming up in september September, right yeah and it's called called decoding you
1: yeah so we're decoding emotions decoding all of those things that i suppose we're not taught in school we're not taught by our parents we're not taught by society we're told to keep it all at bay and keep it all you know be quiet and don't cry and all of those things. So it's about an uncovering and lifting the veil of um, of what's been, you know, covering your eyes in relation to your body
0: and your emotions so far. Great. Okay, so we will link um, all your stuff in the show notes. Anything else that you're, like, excited about for the future, whether that's business or just life? um, yeah,
1: yeah. I have I have an online membership called the self-care space. And right now I'm super excited. We're doing uh, womb wisdom healing and we're diving deep into um, healing the womb and healing like ancestral trauma, healing, uh, you know, we go through so much of the womb periods, um, uh, you know miscarriage abortion uh, STIs uh, uh, you know urine infections like all of these things happen in our bodies and we kind of just brush them over where it is very painful and very you know there's a lot of uh, you know, of the women's body we're not even taught like we're not even taught the proper names for our parts um, and so that's something that's exciting me at the moment helping women reconnect with their wombs we can we reconnect with the wisdom that's inside of them um, through lots of different things through central dance through yin therapy through um, breath activation and it's exciting to see women return back to
0: their power I'm all about empowering women if you haven't heard already <laughs> i love it um and uh yeah again we'll link everything in the show notes but can you just um mention your instagram so that people know where to find you straight away
1: yeah it's phoebe greenacre phoebe spelt p-h-o-e-b-e and green as in the color and then a-c-r-e
0: amazing phoebes i've learned so much about you that i didn't know and i felt like i had got to know you like so well over this this last month so thank you so much for sharing all of that Thank you for having me and asking such intelligent questions. (laughs) I just want to take this opportunity to let you know about my Move and Inspire membership. My online membership is for those ready to commit to moving and meditating regularly. It's not just about exercise, it's about a way of life and it's about empowering your mindset with accessible tools for you to feel like you can embrace everything the world has to offer you. Every month we give you at least four new yoga flows. We also give you access to our archive of over a hundred videos suitable for every level. This includes vinyasa yoga, yin yoga, yoga and live music, HIIT, strength training and more. We give you two new meditations a month to help you inspire a sense of calm and focus. We also have an archive of over 50 meditations exploring topics such as letting go, gratitude, acceptance, learning to surrender, imposter syndrome, compassion, and kindness. Our community provides a private space for members to share their stories, recommend podcasts, books, and inspiring quotes. If a membership isn't quite right for you, then head to my website, sophiedeer.com for courses such as the 14 day challenge, yoga for beginners and self-growth workshops. There's all sorts of free stuff up for grabs too, so just check out the link on the homepage. We would love to have you as part of the tribe, so check out the links in the podcast notes. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspirational tips, please head to www.sophiedeard.com and sign up for my weekly wellness letter.